we're going to recommence our studies in Jonah tonight, but you're going to have to be patient with me. Uh, we're going to retrace our steps uh, to um, the point where God's word comes to Jonah. Um, it was May when we were last in this book, and I find it too long a time period uh, to uh, re-engage uh, uh, with Jonah uh, further on in chapter 1. So I want us to read from verse 1 of Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now we can divide the book of Jonah neatly into two sections. The first two chapters are about Jonah receiving a commission from God and disobeying and God restoring him. And then chapters three and four, God recommissions Jonah to go to Nineveh and Jonah obeys but by the end of chapter 4 we see Jonah beginning to complain again against God so it's interesting that you've got that pattern now what I want us to consider this evening is Jonah's backsliding we already looked at this way back in May but we need to retrace our steps what is backsliding? It's not just Jonah who is backsliding. It is something that we as believers can be doing. And the phrase itself explains what it means. It means sliding away from the Lord and his things. It's about going in the wrong direction. Uh, so uh, you've got it vividly in these verses the word of the Lord came. Now that's a prophetic utterance. You have it hundreds of times in the Old Testament. Uh, this was uh, the infallible word of God being given to a man of God. So it's not like God giving us a verse, although that is important as well. This is higher than that. There is an infallibility about this and Jonah is told in no uncertain terms to go to Nineveh, the largest city in the enemy territory, about 600 miles to the north, northeast of where he was. But what did Jonah do? God says to him, get up, arise, and go to where I'm sending you. What did Jonah do? He did arise, didn't he? <laughs> but he went the opposite direction. Instead of going to Nineveh, north, northeast, he went west. And he went as far west as was possible for a person in those times. Do you know where Tarshish is? Uh, some think it's 
uh, on the west coast of Spain or south coast of Spain. That's how far Jonah went. Now, isn't that a vivid picture of a backslider uh, going in the opposite direction uh, that God is telling him to go? Now, I wonder, are we here this evening guilty of backsliding? Have we, maybe unwittingly, um, have you ever read Elwyn Davis's editorial? It was um, written many, many years ago in the Evangelical magazine, and it was called Unwitting Backsliders. Unwitting. You're not aware of it. And that's how backsliding starts. Are we, without realising, going away from God? Now, that's what I want us to consider in looking at uh, what happens to Jonah in his backsliding. And I don't want to preach on this subject. It's not an easy uh, area to deal with. Uh, But I think it is vital for us to consider this. And we should be like the disciples uh, in the upper room when they were about to eat the Last Supper. And Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. Do you know what they did? They didn't all suddenly look at Judas Iscariot and say, ah, he's the backslider. What did they do? They looked at themselves and they asked, Lord, is it I? Is is it I? You know, it's easy to preach on backsliding and to point the finger at another person thinking they are the ones in danger of backsliding. But in a way, we've already started to backslide, if that's the case. We all need to consider our own hearts. Now, I've got three points, and then I'll be done. My first point to do with Jonah here, and to do with us, is no one is immune from backsliding. Did you get that? No believer reaches a stage where they're suddenly free from this danger of backsliding. Who was Jonah? Jonah had been a prophet for a long time uh, when he was called by God to go to Nineveh. Indeed, Jonah had known a great blessing uh, under the Spirit of God earlier on against the Assyrians where Nineveh was. So here is a man who's been greatly used by God and yet he's backsliding. Now I find that scary, don't you? The Apostle Paul said, writing to the Corinthians, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I heard a pastor once say, and I disagreed with him, he said, it is only those Christians who are dabbling with the world who are in danger of backsliding. Now that's true. And we mustn't dabble with the world. We must keep as far away from the world as possible. But this pastor was saying, it is possible as a Christian to get to a place where you're so far from the world, you're not in danger of backsliding. Oh no. You've got then backsliding having come in through the back door in the guise of spiritual pride. Let anyone who thinks he stands... Do we think we've arrived spiritually? Do we think that our battles are in the past? 
Do we think that because now we are old and retired that somehow we are more immune from slipping away from the Lord? Maybe you're already backsliding. Lord, is it I? Jonah was a servant of God. The fact that you're a preacher does not make you immune from backsliding. I don't need to remind us of that, especially the last few decades, even in our circle, where we've had prominent preachers fall spectacularly. Now, in a way, it's good. I had one young um, man going into the ministry say to me, Pastor, I, I am afraid. I am afraid of going into the ministry, seeing all these great men, and some of them were my heroes, see them fall. And you know what I said to him? That's a good place for you to be. If you're afraid, at least you're not going to be in danger of thinking you're standing. Um, remember Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress? Uh, in um, the Delectable Mountains, you had the shepherds meeting the pilgrims. And you know what the shepherd's song was? He that is down need fear no fall. He that is down need fear no fall. So you can be the son of a famous preacher and still not be immune from backsliding. One, uh, one of the most tragic accounts in Welsh church history is Daniel Rowland's son. Daniel Rowland, 18th century preacher, the pioneer of Calvinistic Methodism. His son, Nathaniel Rowland. Oh, what a fiend, if I can say that. He was eventually excommunicated. But he was put on a pedestal because he was Daniel Rowland's son. But that didn't make him free from the danger of backsliding. Have you ever been to the east coast of Scotland? Or oh, if you've never been to Scotland, you need to drive up the M6. And oh, as you go further up north, uh, the traffic gets less. And it's wonderful, the sense of freedom. And on the east coast of Scotland... I think in the first, um, I can't see Mr. Allen, but he'll correct me at the end. In the first or fourth, I think, you've got Bass Rock, a big uh, rocky island uh, in the middle of the estuary. And the, that was used as a prison uh, uh, for the Scottish Covenanters, 17th century men and women of God who stood for the gospel. And they were incarcerated in Bass Rock, it, 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 it was really a horrible place. Now, this is, this is the frightening thing. Uh, that rock uh, was first acquired by James Maitland earlier on, James Maitland. And James Maitland, he imprisoned the Covenanters there. He was the enemy. But James Maitland before that was one of those men who met in London to form the Westminster Confession of Faith, something we hold dear. And you know what the Scots referred to in their church history? You have to bear with me here. They referred to James Maitland and his change. That's what was happening to Jonah, his change. James Maitland, Jonah, these mighty men of God. And then a change comes. That's backsliding. And that change doesn't happen suddenly. It's a gradual thing 
I was saying to some people yesterday, uh, one of the most powerful preachers I ever heard was in my Christian Union days. He was a Welsh minister. He's still a minister now. And he preached one Easter time so powerfully on the word of the cross. It, it was really stirring stuff. Today, he's still a minister. But he no longer believes the gospel. He actually is holding on to things that the Bible condemns as sin. And he, he's trying to push for those things in the denomination he's in. What a change. That didn't happen overnight. So, so that's my first point. I know this isn't easy, but this is what we're seeing in Jonah. Backsliding. None of us are immune from it. If a Jonah can backslide, who are we to think we are safe? And then my second point about backsliding, as we see in Jonah, and we need to open this up a bit, is it begins in the hearts. It begins in the hearts. I don't think Jonah, when he was going to Tarshish, was saying to himself, now I'm backsliding. <laughs> God has commanded me to go to Nineveh, and I am going against his will. I don't think Jonah was thinking like that. Let's look at the accounts. God says to him, arise. And he did arise, verse 3. And look at the phrase, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. That, that's the phrase. And then a little later, you have from the presence of the Lord. That's what he was running away from, the presence of the Lord. Now, I started the meeting tonight reading Psalm 139. Jonah would have known that off by heart as a prophet of the living God. He would have known that God was present everywhere, that he could never flee from his presence. In other words, Jonah had the right theology in his head of the uh, omnipresence of God, the sovereignty of God. But this is the problem. He's not fleeing from a theology of the omnipresence of God. Jo Jonah, in his heart, is going away from the presence of God. Um, did our previous pastor use this phrase, the known and felt presence of God? Th that's what Jonah is trying to remove himself from. He's going away from the people of God. He's going away from the means of grace. Because they make him uncomfortable. I, I, I don't know if I should say this, but I have to. When I was struggling with the call to the church here, I, I had this sense that God was calling me to this church. And I'm not putting myself on the same level now as a prophet like Jonah. But I, I had this conviction. And I was trying to deny it. And it got to a point where I had to stop having a quiet time. Because every time I read the word and meditated on it and sought God's face in prayer, I had this impression even more strongly that God was calling me to this church. And you see, what I was doing was going away from the things like the word and prayer and the company of godly people that were reminding me 
of that call. And I can understand Jonah here. I'm sure Jonah was rationalizing uh, in his head that actually he was serving the Lord, that he was arising and he was going as a missionary. He was leaving Israel and he was going as a missionary to Tarshish. They need to hear about the Lord. But actually, Jonah was going against the word of God. He was going away from the known and felt presence of God. And he was filling his life with activities. Uh, One commentator says, people looking at Jonah would start thinking, my, he's really zealous. Look at him. He's ready to leave his comfort zone. He's ready to catch uh, a ship, uh, which wouldn't have been a cruise in those days, and travel all the way to Spain for the sake of the Lord. Maybe Jonah justified going in that direction in terms of becoming a missionary to the Spaniards. I don't know. But the problem is this. God was commanding him to go that way. Jonah's going the other way. My friends, it's not how much we do. It's not how much we say. It's not how many meetings we attend. It's not how many people we preach to. It's not how many people we witness to. That matters to the Lord. How is your heart? One hymnist put it like this, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word. How's your walk with the Lord? How's my walk with the Lord? That, that's what matters. We, we, we can be walking in the wrong direction and trying to uh, pacify our guilty conscience by doing so many religious activities. But that's backsliding. And we may not be doing much, but we're walking with the Lord. Jesus said, if you give somebody a cup of water in my name, you're doing it for me. The Pharisees weren't doing that. Do you know what the Pharisees were doing? The Pharisees were so religious. The Pharisees were so orthodox. The Pharisees would travel land and sea. To make one proselytes. But they didn't walk with the Lord. It's quite searching, isn't it? Even if we walked in in a close way with the Lord in the past, how's our walk now? If you're a preacher, you're only as good as your last sermon, if I can put it like that. I can't remember how the awakening happened in Romania, but I do know that one of the things that God's people were convicted of, and in Romania, Moldova, Christians are called repentant ones. And when God came in power upon his people in the awakening there, it was the Christians who were woken up. And what was preached on was this, the repentance Not of the outsiders, but of the repentant ones. Don't we need to repent? Maybe we don't need to repent of 
outward sins. But don't we need to repent of our cold hearts? Don't we need to repent of our lack of prayer, lack of trust in the Lord? Don't, don't we need to repent? The repentance of the repentant ones. Look, look at the words again. Uh, arise. Jonah thought he was arising. God was calling him to a difficult place, Nineveh. But when we are walking with the Lord, we're going in an upward direction. But Jonah, because he's going in the opposite direction, he's going down. He went down to Joppa. Notice the phrase. And then he went down into the ship. And then he went down into the innermost parts of the ship to sleep. He went down into the depths of the sea. He went down into the belly of the whale. There is a way that seems right unto a man. But it ends in death. Repentance. It's the heart that's where repentance begins. Come, let us to the Lord our God with contrite hearts return. And then one last thing, backsliding. What really happens? What's happening with Jonah here? In the end, it's when self comes before God. Isn't that what Jonah is doing here? God was telling Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah thought he knew better than God <laughs> and that he couldn't go to Nineveh. He couldn't go to Nineveh. Do you know why he couldn't go to Nineveh? Because Nineveh were the enemy at one time. Jonah had this reputation for being the prophets who had stood against the Assyrians. And now God is commanding him to go into the very heart of enemy territory and preach grace to them. <laughs> Jonah can't do that. It would have meant swallowing his pride, his religious pride. Um, I'm using my imagination here now. Um, can you imagine the religious press of the day? Uh, can you imagine the headlines uh, when they would have heard about Jonah, this great prophet used against the Assyrians, about Jonah now going into Nineveh and telling them that there is hope for them if they turn to the Lord. Can you imagine the headlines? Traitor prophet. C can you imagine the articles uh, being written about him? Uh, can you imagine the, the way his name would be blacklisted? And Jonah couldn't do it. I wonder sometimes whether we care too much about our reputation. Whitfield, um, I think he was a greater evangelist than Daniel Rowland. Same time as Daniel Rowland, 18th century. Uh, Whitfield, uh, England, uh, Scotland, and America, he preached in. Uh, he was a contemporary with John Wesley, and John Wesley formed the Wesleyan Methodists denomination. Somebody asked Whitfield, why don't you start a denomination? Why don't you call yourself the Whitfieldians? It, it doesn't quite sound right, does it? 
And do you know what Whitfield said? No way. Well, I don't know what he said exactly, but I know this. He said, let the name of Whitfield perish. I'm not interested in forming a denomination. I'm not interested in having a reputation. I'm not interested in having the next generation know my name. I only want one name, Jesus' name, to have all the preeminence. Now, we all have our prejudices, just like Jonah had his. And that's why I read uh, from Acts chapter 10. Isn't it interesting that in Joppa, it wasn't just Jonah that had this struggle. And poor Jonah went away from the Lord. But another one named after Jonah. Do you know Simon Peter? Do you know what he was called? Simon Bar Jonah. Simon, the son of Jonah. Isn't that interesting? And Simon Peter had a struggle in Joppa, exactly the same place as where Jonah left uh, to go on board the ship to Tarshish. And Simon Peter, as a good Jew, uh, could not uh, eat uh, certain foods uh, that were ceremoniously unclean. He could not associate with certain Gentile people who were ceremoniously unclean. And yet God deals with him and tells him, Peter... What I have cleansed, you cannot call unclean anymore. What the blood of my son dying on that cross has made completely clean, broken down the barriers. Oh, Simon, you can't now hold back from going to Cornelius uh, and preaching the gospel to those Gentiles. And oh, blessed be uh, to our saviour, Peter was dealt with and he went in the right direction. Oh, is God calling on us to do something like that? I wonder. And are our prejudices sometimes getting in the way? I, I got some a quote here. I, I like this. Uh, let, let me read this. It is... Challenging, is it not, to find that Jonah and Simon Bar-Jonah in the self-same port, Joppa, confounded by the greater love, the love of Jesus Christ. Oh, have you felt like Paul, the love of Christ constraining you, you know? Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, the Jew of the Jews, so prejudiced as Saul of Tarsus, and yet he was completely bowled over by the love of Calvary. And that Saul of Tarsus was transformed into the apostle of the Gentiles. And he took the gospel and he didn't withhold it from anybody. Oh, can we be like that? You know, when it's the love of Christ, there are no categories. We don't ask, should I go to this person or should I go to that person? Love makes no distinction because we're all in the same boats, if you can pardon the pun. So this is at the heart of Jonah's backsliding and maybe at the heart of our backsliding, our prejudices, our plans, our pride coming before God. Pray for us as an eldership 
that it's not our plans we're seeking, but the Saviour's plans for our church. Will you pray that for us? That we'll have the discernment to know the mind of the Lord. And for your life, it's not what you want to do. It's, Lord, what will you have me to do? And you don't have to become a missionary or become a minister to serve the Lord. In one sense, we're all missionaries of Jesus Christ. I envy you uh, if you're out in the world. I had more opportunities speaking to people about the Saviour when I was a school teacher than when I was a pastor. Well, in a way, I've got more opportunities now <laughs> in preaching. But in terms of meeting people on the interface, I had more opportunities when I was a school teacher. Do we see where God has put us as our sphere? Are we seeking to stand for the Lord in those places? And are we holding open hands to the Lord? Not like Jonah closing his fist saying, I can't go to Nineveh. What would my peers make of me if I was to go there? Or are we saying, Lord, it's not what other people think. It's what you think. And I only want to serve you. Well, I've, I've got to come to a conclusion. You know what's frightening about backsliding? Often, when we're backsliding, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy. Um, Derek Swan wrote a tract, How to Be a Backslider. It's very good. It puts in a negative... Uh, well, it puts something negative in a positive... way. have I got that right? <laughs> if you try to backslide, you'll find the doors opening. Look at Jonah here. He got to uh, Joppa and he found a ship ready to go. He had the right money. He paid the fare. It's start easy. But God loves you too much to let you go all the way. He'll bring you back. He'll bring the storm. Uh, th this is how one commentator puts it. When a person decides to run from the Lord, Satan always provides complete transportation facilities. <laughs> Just because doors open doesn't mean it's right. How many Christians I've come across who justify doing things that are even against the Bible because a door has opened? How many little lifestyle choices we make and we think nothing of it, whereas in fact we're already taking a decision that takes us a step away from the way that the Lord would have us go. Lord, is it I? Is it I? Um, one of my favourite uh, writers is Alexander White. Have you heard of him? The Scots, uh, 19th century Scots. And he wrote a book on Bible characters. And he wrote uh, about uh, Jonah here. And this is how he uh, ended his study uh, on uh, Jonah's backsliding. And I find these words very pertinent. When I watch the workings of my own heart, this is what I am compelled to say. I am Jonah. In the matter of my own reputation, as a pastor, preacher, Christian, I am Jonah. Well, I've got to end on a positive note, and we are coming to the Lord's table. So, what do we do? What do we do? Let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Lord, is it I?
Keep short accounts with God. Look for anything. It doesn't matter what it is that hinders your walk with the Lord. I can't give you rules. I can't. Unless the word says something, I can't go beyond the word. But I can say this. If something, even something that is completely legitimate, that doesn't harm another believer, if it gets in the way of your walk with the Lord, remove it. Remove every weight. And then look unto Jesus. That's the encouragement. Um, O oh love that wilt not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. And in that hymn, I lay in dust life's glory dead. Lay in dust your pride. Lay in dust your plans. Lay in dust your reputation. Because in comparison to Calvary love, it doesn't compare one bit. Love so amazing, so divine. Demands one thing, my soul, my life, my all. Are we going to give him our all? Oh, may we not be unwitting backsliders. May, may we just come to the Lord. And may we be those who want to just run after him in his way. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word. What a glory he sheds on our way for his name's sake.